Hello and welcome back to Just F and Ghost Stories, episode four. My name is Adam, and this is where I come to tell just ghost stories. I need to look here and not here at the screen. I would like to start this week off by saying a big thank you to everybody who has like commented on or just like left really nice feedback. This is the only reason how anybody like doing this knows that people are enjoying it. So this week I'm asking you to please rate and review on whatever podcast platform you're watching on, listening on. If you're only watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. I think I have 22 followers, subscribers on YouTube. So uh, let's try and get that up to 100. That would be much appreciated. Also, check out the new TV light that I made by myself. I'm impressed. It's not finished yet. If anybody else knows how to uh, glue plastic properly, because hot glue wasn't working for me. I also don't really know, before we get on with the ghost stories, I don't really know whether to be doing more like up close and personal stories or like, you know, loud things like, oh my God, this is what's happening. Shocking things like that. Originally, what the reason why I wanted to do just F and go stories, one of the reasons was to do like a nice calming, relaxing thing. Hence, like, you know, the nice lighting and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah, it's all spooky, but that's why I asked on Instagram not that long ago. Do people like to listen to things like this when going to sleep? Because I personally do anything except for alien stories because that messes me up when I'm going to sleep. But yeah, I also have to ask you all to send in your own personal stories. This week I have a couple from, um, I guess, fans of the podcast, listeners of the show, which is always really cool. But I would like to have entire shows out of just your stories, you know? Oh, also send it to Just F and Go Stories. Anyway... Let's get on with the ghost stories. Our first story this week is from James. My partner and I moved to Seattle back in January to the Chinatown International District and have loved it. But lately we've been experiencing some weird things in the apartment. The first weird thing happened about a month ago. My partner was in the only closet in our studio apartment when he jumped out startled, eyes as big as dinner plates. Without taking his eyes off the closet, he asked me if I had said, help me. I told him I hadn't, as I was just sitting at the computer playing a game. We shook it off and he assumed it was nothing. Then, a week ago, I was cooking something for dinner while my partner was showering. Completely distracted, I felt a hand on my ass. And so I jokingly batted it away, asking him not to bother me while I was cutting up veg. No answer. So I turned around and he was still in the shower. I went and asked him if he was just fucking with me, to which he said he wasn't. Fast forward to last night, and just now. Last night I was laying in bed having a hard time going to sleep. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a head and shoulders raise up from the foot of the bed. I do a quick double take, but upon my second look, the figure is gone. And literally, just 10 minutes ago, I'm back in bed and I see the shadow of a man walk by the corner of my bed into the kitchen. I'm freaked out. All doors and windows are locked. I checked the two rooms in our studio, bathroom and laundry room, and there's nothing. Not a single sign of someone else in our apartment. I feel very on edge. Story number two this week comes from Reddit user 
then add 4944. I am Puerto Rican and I live in Brooklyn. But when I was young, I often spent summers in my grandmother's house in Yauco, Puerto Rico. She had a lot of land deep in the mountains. So deep that the roads would go off into the wilderness through narrow mountain passes where cliffs were just a few inches off the tyre driving in pitch black. If a car came in the opposite direction, either you or they would have to drive in reverse until you found a place to pass each other. It was scary. The property has been with my family for a long time, and my family has been in Yauco as far back as anyone can recall. I used to spend a lot of time with my great-grandfather, Papito, who farmed the land and took care of some cows. He was very old. He was nearly 100% Taino indigenous Puerto Rican. From him, I would hear stories about the Indios who lived in the wilderness when he was young, who were not culturally assimilated into colonial society after hundreds of years of Spanish occupation. My family would often hide and harbour the culturally quote-unquote wild Puerto Ricans, culturally indigenous, because if Spanish locals found out about them, los matan, they would kill them. I had my first brush with mortality there at age six or so, crushing the jelly bean sized eggs of salamanders I found in the brush and watching the pink, underdeveloped hatchling run for cover on instinct. My grandmother told me what I had done was wrong, and I instantly knew why. I was filled with cold shame, and I cried. Papito told me about strange flying discs he would see coming to the mountains and submerging into the lake. He told me about the spirits in the valley, that you could hear them, and to be careful walking around the roads of the mountains at night on my way from his house to my grandmother's. He taught me how to control a bull with its horns and how to ride it, and he did a whistle that only he could do when he wanted to gain the attention of an animal on the mountain that made them either follow him, go where he directed them, or just settle down. He told me about the legend of Diego Salcedo, which took place there in Yauco. When he was almost a hundred, Papito was dying, and all of our family came to see him. He was a link to an old time, and so many people in Yauco knew him. They all went to his house. Uncles, aunts, cousins, people from nearby. All gathered at his house on the top of the hill. I was too young to be present for his passing. I sort of didn't understand what was going on at the time. I was sent down to my grandmother's house to wait for the proceedings to be over. The sun was going down. The mountains were like shadows rising around me. Walking alone, I started to hear animals all about. Wild dogs crying out all over the mountain. Chickens were making a ruckus. The pigs in the lower valley were screaming, almost like humans. The cows were howling in a way that I can only describe as similar to Cat Star from Game of Thrones when Rob died. Every single non-human thing in the mountain within earshot was wailing in a fashion that I have never heard before nor since. As a little kid, you can imagine how frightening that was, especially because I was alone. I hid in the house, looking out the window, waiting for my grandmother, listening to the animals cry. I was especially sensitive to sound then, as it had been a time in my life when I was often sick and constantly on the medicine amoxicillin, which I was allergic to. It created this sort of overwhelming extrasensory sound experience. At some point, all the animals stopped making noise. I was thankful. 
before bed, I asked my grandmother what happened, why all of the animals were making that sound, and she told me that Pepito had just died, and that all of the animals on the mountain had realised the powerful being that protected it for so long was gone. That they had seen his spirit pass, and it was sensible that this change would affect them very deeply. My grandmother's perspective was that the animals just know these things. I couldn't sleep. I went outside, late at night, curious and scared out of my wits, thinking about the spirits that may be out in the darkness of the mountain wilderness, thinking about that terrible, painful lamentation that was embodied by animals crying like people. I went close to the edge of one of the small nearby cliffs that hung over an endless darkness and squatted and listened. I heard a sound that scared me, a feral yelp in the darkness. I don't know what kind of dog it was, or if it was a dog at all, but it was certainly too close, and I was by myself. It howled and yelped, and I regretted coming outside. I was sort of frozen there, afraid to move, but afraid to stay. I wouldn't dare call out for my grandmother. I would be scolded for coming out and wandering around at night. She probably wouldn't hear me anyway. A moment later, I heard that whistle that Popito used to do. Out in the darkness, the howling stopped. As a child, I didn't think, that couldn't be Pepito. He's dead, like any adult in their right mind. I just thought, it's Pepito. It had to be. No one else can do that. No one knew how to whistle that way in my family, and it was only us for miles around on the mountain. Where the sound came from, it would be impossible for any person to be, not even during the daytime. He was deep inside of the wilderness on the severe cliffside. But I knew he was there, as I am sure that at that age, the line between life and death was blurred. Our third story tonight comes from Reddit user Lost Childhood Lost. My grandma was in a care home for the last few years of her life and had mild dementia. We got a call from the staff one day to say she'd gone into hospital because she was very upset there was a dead baby in her room and that she may have been hallucinating due to a urine infection. My uncle and I went straight to the hospital and she told me a little girl had spent the day with her and it made the hairs on the back of my neck go up when she said this little girl had been, quote, singing for her mammy and imitated this sing-song voice. It was just so strange. My grandma also said, She'd been giving her chocolate. She wasn't afraid of this little girl at all. So, my grandma gets released late at night and we accompany her back to the home where we find unwrapped chocolates on the floor next to her chair in the room. We discuss what happened with the older staff and they don't really say anything. But then a younger member of staff takes me to the side and says she wants to tell me something but isn't sure if she should as it's a bit spooky. I've had many paranormal experiences myself, so I'm all ears. And she says that the lady who had been in my grandma's room before had to be moved due to the dead baby. She also tells me that she's heard children running around and playing in the middle of the night and that the building used to be a mother and baby home in the 1940s. I think that the elderly, when approaching death, are much more open to spirits. The following story is from Reddit user Beep Beep. Boop bop two. Let me preface this with the fact that I've always been easily spooked and get jumpy really quickly. 
It's one of my more noticeable traits, which lends to a lot of my experiences being brushed off by family members and friends. This will also probably get pretty long because a lot of shit has happened. Ever since I was a little kid, I've always seen and heard things that others wouldn't. When I was about six or seven, I would wake up every morning around 3am for months. I would see things standing over my bed staring at me. I'd run to my parents' room and lay in bed with my mom while the things continued to stand at the foot of my bed and stare. You could just chalk it up to me having an intense imagination, but it happened all the time. I used to have a twin bed, so my friend and I would stay in the guest room during sleepovers. She would get so scared in there at night that she would wake me up and make us sleep on the couch in the living room. We even were recording a video of us, wannabe 6th grade YouTubers. And when we played it back a couple of times, we realized there was a weird white orb or mist that was drifting around in the corner of my room. My dogs will randomly growl and bark at that corner of the room in the middle of the night. She unfortunately broke her iPad and lost all footage of it. As I got older, the noises started. Stomping in the attic, footsteps in the halls, knocking on my window at night. My sister's Alexa randomly turning on across the house while I was home alone. For about two months in ninth grade, I would wake up every night at 3.20 to 3.30 a.m. to three faint knocks. Then physical manifestations. My phone getting thrown off the bed while I was getting dressed in the morning. I've pretty much gotten into a routine of sighing and picking up things that have gotten chucked on the floor from across the room. My bed, sinking in the middle of the night, even though there's nothing there. I took a bath one night, and no matter what I did or how I turned the knobs, water would constantly drip. I shrugged it off, but could hear it, plus footsteps, all the way across the house. Then, right when my sister came home, it stopped. When she left again in the morning, the dripping resumed. When my parents got home, it stopped again. It doesn't stop at my house either. I was staying at my aunt's a whole state away to house slash dog slash babysit while she was away at work and to pick up my cousin from summer school. My first night there, I woke up to one of my cousin's toys in the closet giggling and laughing. It's touch activated. I was the only person in the room and the closet door was closed. Another day, I was in the middle of looking through the fridge for food when the plate and silverware I had set on the counter flew off and shattered on the floor. Dog toys rolling towards me from the basement stairs when both dogs were in the living room behind me and my cousin was at summer school. At my grandparents' house it happened as well, and even my grandma and aunts have admitted paranormal activity happening in the house. A little boy who used to play with Legos was what they talked about, but I mostly saw the man who roamed the halls. I shut the door every night because if I didn't, He would stand in the doorway and just stare. One night, I got just an awful feeling and then the bed started shaking violently. I was so scared that my grandma had me sleep in with her and my grandpa in their bed. I still see them and feel them. I especially hate basements, but somehow some don't seem to set me off like others. I feel uncomfortable in the finished basement of my parents' house and rush to get upstairs but was perfectly fine going into my ex-boyfriend's unfinished basement alone in the dark and didn't even get scared once. I guess I'm wondering if I'm being dumb and overreacting or if I've actually been seeing and hearing and experiencing paranormal entities. 
I genuinely see these things and in the moment of these experiences it's so terrifyingly real but could I just be overthinking things? Our last story tonight comes from Reddit user Acid Spitting Emu. My uncle, an OTR owner-operator for 30 plus years, told us a story in the mid-80s about a run he was driving from Nashville to Chicago, then Chicago to San Francisco, then back to Nashville in the late 70s. According to his story, he was driving through a desert. I can't remember if he said it was in Arizona or Nevada, but I digress. It was about 10 p.m., and he had been driving for 14 or 15 hours at that point. He said that, in his words exactly, there hadn't been shit for a hundred miles but sand, cactuses, and snakes. His eyelids were starting to grow heavy, so he just pulled right over on the side of the road, headed back to his sleeper, and passed out. Around two-ish, he was awakened to the sound of tapping right outside of his cab. Thinking it might be the highway patrol or a DOT, he hopped into his passenger seat to grab his logbook before going to see who was knocking. As he grabbed his logbook, he heard the tapping again coming from the lower glass of his driver door, followed by a child's voice say, Hey mister, we're thirsty and tired, can we come inside? He was suddenly struck with the feeling of absolute dread. He said it was so strong that he didn't even want to look to see who was speaking. Something you've got to understand about my uncle. In the entire time I knew him to that point, I had never seen him scared of anything. Anything. I'd seen him charge headfirst towards a guy that had drawn a gun on him. I'd seen him literally attack an alligator that had gotten too close to my cousin when we all went on vacation to Florida one year. Nothing scared the man. However, even years after this incident, as he was telling the story to us, you could see the fear in his eyes. He said that they had tapped on the glass again and asked once more to be let inside. Against his better judgment, he looked over at the glass and then just froze. He said they looked like any normal kids, maybe a little bit pale. But it was their eyes, if you haven't guessed by now, their eyes were solid black. He described them as seeming to have eyes, but also not have eyes. And yet, he felt like they were staring right through him, through his lower glass. He immediately yelled out, again his words, Hell nah, I ain't letting you little fuckers in here. He said that they stared at him, almost angrily, for a few seconds, and then just disappeared. Not like they turned away or walked off or stepped down from his bottom step, just poof gone. He sat in his passenger seat for a few seconds trying to figure out what had just happened when suddenly they started pounding on his passenger door right next to him and yelling, let us in now. He said they didn't sound like kids anymore. With zero hesitation, he jumped from the passenger seat to his driver's seat, threw his rigging gear and peeled out of there as fast as he could switch gears. He said he didn't slow down until he hit California and he took a different highway back to Tennessee. He did say he saw them again later on that morning though. He said he'd been trucking down the highway for a couple of hours when, in his lights, he saw those same two kids on the side of the road, just standing there, staring at his truck. 
They continued to stare at him the entire time as he passed them, but were gone when he looked for them in his side mirrors. He told us he found another gear in his truck that he didn't even know he had then. <laughs> this is almost the exact story he told us that day and many times after, translated from his usual dialect of redneck into proper English by yours truly. Could it have been a nightmare? Not likely, since he was obviously awake when he was driving into Cali that morning. Could it have been a story that he made up just to scare us kids? Maybe. But he wasn't really the scary story type. As well as that, he told us all the same story well into our adult years. Could it have been the hallucinations of an overworked, sleep-deprived mind? Possibly. But he'd worked these hours and had even driven that same route for many years before and after. Also, the whole black-eyed children phenomenon hadn't even been popularised in the mainstream yet, and wouldn't be for another couple of decades. I'll let you make your own judgement on this story, but I'd be interested to know what your take on it is. I keep forgetting to record intros and outros to this. I just sit down and I go, here's a ghost story. Ah. But thank you for listening to episode four of Just Effing Ghost Stories. I've been purposefully not giving my feelings towards the stories one way or the other. I've just been reading them as that's all this is, Just Effing Ghost Stories. But I'm thinking maybe for episode 10 or even after that, maybe we could do like a, you know, your favorite story kind of countdown and I'll, you know let you guys know what I feel about the stories that you pick. So I'll put that up on the probably the Weekly Creep Instagram or let me know should I make a Just F and Ghost Stories Instagram. I'm also going to try and make more TikToks. So definitely follow me over there at Weekly Creep Adam. I've already had one TikTok that got over 200 views. And for this 30 year old person, that was pretty impressive. I was like, whoa, slow down there. Anyway, Make sure you subscribe, follow, rate and review, please. I actually haven't gotten any rates or reviews, I don't think, on the podcast apps. Um, So that would be really nice. And yeah, let me know what you guys think. I always appreciate the feedback, good or bad, positive, negative, doesn't matter. Send me your stories to stories at gmail.com. I will leave the description. I will leave the email address in the description. Um... And yeah, I hope this scared the absolute pants off you. See you guys in a couple weeks.